0: Today, on a special edition of A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie talks with Dr. James Dobson and businessman Barry Maguire about the rare opportunity that we have to share the gospel during this worldwide COVID-19 crisis.
1: The coronavirus has breathtaking implications for evangelism.
2: That's exactly right. Over 86% of the unchurched know the world's out of control, would like to believe there's a God who can make sense out of the chaos and are actively looking for
3: somebody to tell them. This is an unprecedented opportunity to reach people in a new way. This
2: is the day when the lost are
3: found.
0: Joined us today here on A New Beginning. It's a special day because we're actually going to eavesdrop on the recent edition of Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk program. Dr. Dobson invited Pastor Greg to join him on the broadcast along with businessman Barry McGuire. You might have used his car wax products, and they all share a common passion for the gospel, and they all agree this time of international crisis is the best time for that passion to come to the forefront. Some good inspiration is coming your way. This is the
1: day, the day when life begins. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Dr. James Dobson, and this is the voice of the Radio Ministry Family Talk. Uh, My wife, Shirley, and I are sequestered in a little condo today out in California in keeping with the requests made by President Trump that we stay at home and do what we can to help control this coronavirus, which is running its course, I hope and pray. My love and prayers are expressed to those of you who are also trying to ride out this storm. We pray especially for those of you who are struggling, those who are already sick with this virus that God will be with you, that he'll encourage you, and you'll feel his spirit nearby. Now, let me bring our program on uh, with this comment. You know, it's very easy to overstate the importance of a particular broadcast because, frankly, uh, they all feel that way to me. But what we're going to talk about today is in a class by itself because it has to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ and evangelism itself itself. And it doesn't get more important than that. Let me acknowledge, for those of you who don't know me, that I'm not a pastor, an evangelist. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a church historian. I just don't bear those credentials. But I'm committed to the depths of my being to the cause of Jesus Christ and to his kingdom. And it would appear to me and many others to whom I've talked That the coronavirus that's plaguing the human family now has breathtaking implications for the church and for evangelism. From my readings about church history, I've learned that every few hundred years, Christianity breaks out of its institutional container and it spreads to the outside world. That certainly happened in the first and the second Great Awakening in a way that changed the Western world enormously. There are those of us who believe that we might be in the early stages of something just as significant. Only time will tell. But to get into this topic, I want to introduce and welcome two great friends of mine who are squarely in the middle of this cultural reconfiguration. The first is Pastor Greg Laurie, uh, pastor of Harvest Church in Riverside, California. He is an evangelist and a pastor who has introduced hundreds of thousands of people to Jesus Christ with a simple gospel message. Also with us today is Barry McGuire, an evangelist layman whose ministry Revival Outside the Walls is what every layman's responsibility is. This is a passion for Barry. I've known him for more than 40 years, and he cares more about this subject of introducing people to Christ than any other subject. He's a businessman, but this is where his heart is. So I have these two men with me, uh, Greg and Barry. It's such a pleasure to talk to you about something so important. Uh, Barry, I'm going to begin with you. Uh, tell me why there is a, something deep within you that is driving your passion.
2: First off the need, Jim, you know, 80% of America is basically outside the walls of the church. How are we going to reach them? They're open to the gospel. Here's some hard statistics for us right quick. Over 86% of the unchurched, we think they're not interested, that they, they, they we just turn them off. We'd be offending them if we say that's a cop out. That's just excuse. 86% of the unchurched. Even if they call themselves atheists, know the world's out of control, not just because of the virus, but for the last couple of years, because of all the chaos, they know the world's out of control, would like to believe there's a God who can make sense out of the chaos and are actively looking for somebody to tell them. That's basically everybody around us. We're in a a world full of people that are desperate for the message of salvation that we carry around these clay pots of our ordinary lives, you might say, and and for us not to tell them would just be insane, and, but but we're not. Less than 1% of us are actually telling them. So we're actually seeing, you know, Jim, the fields are white for harvest. They yeah. are, and the laborers are few, and that is activated now by, if we go back to nine eleven, we all know that, I mean, there are a lot of studies on it. The church attendance after 9/11 soared to record levels. It went ballistic. all these they all were anxious, they knew their immortality. And they ran to their churches, but the churches were not preaching the gospel within six months. Um, we we're back to lower levels than after 9-11. We're facing that situation again. God didn't create this virus, but he's given us this incredible opportunity, but they can't rush to the churches now. So they got to mm. rush online. Mm. And what's the message that's going online right now is they rush our Sunday morning services and, and largely they're feel good, do the right thing and love on people and, and, and be Christ-like and God will protect you and nothing about the cross and salvation and, mm. and coming into the family of God and repent. We've lost the whole message of salvation, what church is all about. And, and we're leaving these people wanting in a very moment in church history, in the history of the world, quite frankly, this moment in time when we have the opportunity to lead millions of people to Jesus Christ as lay people, moving everybody every day and as pastors proclaiming the gospel from our pulpits.
1: It's, oh, it's incredible. Barry, that moved my heart. Greg, pick it up right there. I would like to hear what happened last
3: Sunday. What happened was without any notice, without any warning to our congregation, one day we're meeting in person, the next week uh, the church is literally shut down. We can't have crowds of 10 or more people gathered together. So we went online and we had already been developing our online ministry, but we weren't ready for something of this capacity. We had a 400% increase in viewership, and the first week we did it, 250,000 people logged on. And by the way, that's a conservative number because we know in many cases that wasn't just one person, but that was a whole family watching it, in the front room because you can watch our service like the the Roku box. We have a Harvest app through Apple TV. We have a Harvest app. We also have that app for uh, iPhones and Android phones. And of course, our website, harvest.org. But it just exploded. But here's what's amazing. At the end of the program, I invited people to come to Jesus Christ. I explained the gospel simply and extended an invitation. Week one, we had 1,700 responses. Week two, we had about 3,200 responses. So to me, people are just waiting for someone to tell them. I'm reminded of the story of the man from Ethiopia that went to Jerusalem searching for God. And he met Philip, who was sort of waiting in the desert as he was directed by an angel. And and the man from Ethiopia was reading aloud from Scripture. And Philip asked him the question, do you understand what you're reading? And the man asked this, or responded by saying, how can I know unless someone shows me the way? Dr. Dobson, I think literally millions of people are waiting for someone to just yes. show yes. them the way. yes.
1: Oh, Greg, uh, that was so exciting uh, what happened. I was watching you and cheering you (laughs) on and link that response last Sunday to what I said in my introduction, that perhaps Christianity is breaking out of its institutional container. Do you see it that way?
3: That's a very interesting question. My answer is yes. This is an unprecedented opportunity to reach people in a new way. And so I would just say to all my friends out there that are pastors or communicators, you got to adapt. And right now tech is our friend. Use tech. And if you don't know how, find a young person. They know how to use tech. Everybody needs a nerd as a friend right now because they'll help us get our, uh, our text set up so we can start communicating because people are very open. And I think of the words of Jesus in the book of Revelation, where he speaks to the church of Philadelphia. And in my belief is is he's speaking to the church of the end times. And he makes this statement, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it. And I think we have a unique open door of opportunity. Paul often used that verbiage. He'd say something like, a door was opened for me by the Lord to the Gentiles. So the idea is an open door is simply an opportunity. But look, now let me just talk to an individual. This is not about just being online. This is when you're at the supermarket and you see that frightened look on someone's face and you say, is everything okay? I'm telling you, if you just say to someone, can I pray for you? Can I help you? You look troubled. Are you okay? Look for a way to start an evangelistic conversation because people are, they don't know how to say, hi, I'm lost. Tell me about Jesus. We've got to help them there. But uh, sometimes people are literally waiting for someone to just show them the way.
1: Greg, did that blow you away by the response to that sermon? It was just, uh, we could see it coming. They actually not only gave their heart to Christ, but they told you about it.
3: Yeah, they did. There's a way they can indicate their response on our website. So this all happens at harvest.org in our Sunday service that we're calling Harvest at Home. So I invite people to join us this Sunday and be a Mm -hmm. part of it. But, you know, it's a funny thing. Uh, Dr. Dobson, I didn't share an overtly evangelistic message. My topic was God's answer to fear, anxiety, and worry. Those topics, what the Bible says about these topics, and how to turn your fear into faith, and how to turn your worry into worship, and how to turn your panic into prayer. So I was pointing them to Scripture, but then at the end, I made it very clear what I am saying is not for everybody. It's for Christians only. And my question to you is, is Christ living inside of you? What does that mean? And then I explained it to people, and I gave them an invitation to respond. So it was kind of more like a Bible study with an evangelistic appeal at the end. But the point is simply this. They're just waiting for someone to show them how to do it.
1: This is a particular moment in time. Yes. What's happening right now is either going to work to our detriment uh, as a nation or it's going to make us better. It's going to make us better, Mm -hmm. going to make us worse. And Satan wants to use it to absolutely destroy this country. Mm -hmm. He wants to destroy respect for the Constitution, for our founding fathers and for the churches and every good thing. But at the same time, there is this opportunity in it to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way that's never occurred. Mm. Jesus never talked to as many people in his ministry Mm. as you have talked to in the last week, Mm. Greg. Mm. I mean, there is an opportunity now to not let this go to waste. (laughs) Hang on to it. Use it for God's purposes.
2: This is a moment in time for the church. Just don't waste it.
3: I really agree. And and you know, the Bible does say that God can cause all things to work together for good to those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. It doesn't mean necessarily that bad things become good, but it does mean that good can come despite bad things. And there are some actually very hopeful things that we're seeing. As an example, more families are sitting down at the dinner table together and having a meal than probably any time we can remember in recent history, especially since the introduction of the cell Phone that seems to distract everyone. So you see families spending time together. You see uh, people less distracted. But at the same time, uh, you have a lot of friction in homes and there are people that don't know the Lord. So it's kind of a mixed bag. But I think God can take this and use it for good where we just sort of slow down and focus on what really matters Mm -hmm. in life. You know, Mm -hmm. some people, their God is money. And all of a sudden, the stock market is going up and down like a roller coaster. For another person, their God is Hollywood and films, and you can't even go to a theater and see a movie right now. For another person, their God might be sports, and pretty much the sports are shut down right now. And even in a way, the churches are shut down, but then again, they aren't though the doors of physical buildings are closed, the door for the church is more open than it's ever been to reach our culture. This is a special moment, and we got to walk through this door. Hey, we've been praying for a spiritual awakening. We've been praying for revival. What if God would use COVID-19 to pave the way? Mm for an awakening Mm -hmm. in America.
2: Uh, Jim, let me just say this right quick. The most powerful thing we can do is lay people right now. And it's easy. You don't have to get anybody's face. You don't have to come up with the words, whatever. It's the easiest way to do it. We all of us have a ton of unsaved friends that we have on our email list. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing, I'm emailing every one of them on Saturday night. I know they're sitting around the next day on Sunday. They have nothing to do. They're looking for something of value to do. And I the one I sent this week, I, I titled it Happy Hour. And I said, <laughs> oh, hey, I, like I want that. to tell you, that you can have a happy hour tomorrow, happiest moment of mm. your day tomorrow, and probably for the rest of your life if you tune in and go to harvest.org and listen to great glory. Mm. So I would just suggest to everybody listening right now, make sure you send them to harvest.org, and they will get a powerful message of salvation.
1: Let me take that one step further because this is the passion of my heart. I wrote in my book, Legacy, The Greatest Gift, that for parents, the most important thing you're here to do, job one, is win your children to Christ and now they're sequestered with us. We have an opportunity to pray about what's happening out here, to turn to the Lord, to show your kids that this is where our strength and our hope lies, and lead them to Christ. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing?
3: You know, Dr. Dobson, over the years, you've talked a lot about the importance of fathers in the home, and so many of our social ills today can be directly traced back to the breakdown of the family, and specifically the absence of a father. So just a word, right now to all of you dads out there, you Christian fathers. This is your moment to rise to the occasion. You be the spiritual leader. You be the one that says, hey, let's watch this service on TV right now, you know, about Jesus Christ, and let's pray together. And you be the one to initiate Uh, conversations around the family table about the Lord. You know, Moses said that a father is to teach their child while they walk on the way, when they lie down at night. You just look for those moments through the day, and what an opportunity. You know, we've gotten stories back of entire families who are watching, and people have told me, my child accepted the Lord, my father accepted the Lord. They are literally having church in the home. Now, look, I love church in person. I love meeting in buildings. And that's what I've been doing for 45 years. But hey, let's make the best of it. We kind of have a captive audience right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pastor Greg Laurie was a special guest along with businessman Barry Maguire, on Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk radio program just a few days ago. Now, this pandemic is a crisis, but it's also an opportunity, and we're seeing God move in some pretty amazing ways. But these are difficult times, and maybe there's some big problems that have been stealing your joy and peace of mind. Well, next time, Pastor Greg will remind us that no matter how big our problems are, God is bigger still. That's tomorrow. before we go today, let's go back to Dr. James Dobson.
1: Pastor Laurie, I would like to ask you to pray a prayer about the coronavirus, about all those who are terrified, Mm -hmm. those who are already sick Mm -hmm. and don't know if they're going to die. Uh, I think of all the circumstances in which this virus has been expressed, I think of the child whose parent died right in front of him. Mm. I think of those who have... Uh, elderly parents that they love as much as they love their own lives. And they're they're afraid they're going to lose them. I think of husbands who've lost wives or wives who have lost husbands. Mm. There's a story behind every one of those statistics that we see on television of the number of people who are sick and the number who have died. Mm. And they're longing for hope Mm. and for a blessing. Would you pray for a suffering humanity today?
3: Father, we come before you now with all of these people who've lost loved ones, and you are the God of all comfort. And I ask that you would extend your your loving hand to each one of these folks and help them as they mourn and grieve the loss of a loved one. As believers, when we lose a loved one and they believe, we have the hope of seeing them again. So they're not just a part of our past, they're also a part of our future. So comfort is only you can comfort, Lord, and remind us how short life is. And The Bible says our life is like a tale or a story that's already been told and that we should number our days and apply our hearts to wisdom. Help us to make every day count. And we're praying now, Lord, that you will extend your powerful hand and turn back this coronavirus, flatten this curve as it's described to us, stop this invisible enemy as it has been called, and heal those people right now that have it, Lord, just supernaturally, quicken the healing process and let them return to full strength. And Lord, thank you that no matter what, we know we have a home in heaven waiting for us. Help us to keep an eternal perspective. And through this time, we're praying for a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit, and we're praying for a spiritual awakening. We think of Jehoshaphat who said, we don't know what to say, but our eyes are upon you. So Lord, like him, we don't have any strength of our own. Our politicians can't save us. The military can't save us. Only you can save us. So we call upon you. Our eyes are upon you, Lord. We're looking to you. Hear our prayer. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the day,
0: the day when life now for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called... Harvest at Home, Finding Peace During Crisis. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.